Good morning, everyone. I feel like I need to start off this morning by saying surprise. It is a surprise to you all that I am preaching this morning. And on a much more concerning note, it is a surprise to me that I am preaching this morning. David had a bit of an emergency and had to go down to Texas. And because of that, I blame the brevity of this sermon and anything that I say that you may not like on him. Um, His office can be found across the hall. Um, Just go over there and direct any comments to him. Thank you. So over these last few weeks, we've been in this sermon series called I Choose. The tagline has been, the choices that we make today are the stories that we tell tomorrow. Today's theme is I choose the important over the urgent. When I first heard this topic for today, the first thing that came to my mind that was something that happened in a, a few weeks ago in the news and I'm sure you all heard about, someone in Hawaii who has since been reassigned to a new job sent out an emergency alert to everyone saying that there was a nuclear strike getting ready to happen and that everyone should seek shelter. If you're ever having a bad day at work, at least you can remember you didn't do that. So that's good. They did not retract that message for 38 minutes. Can you imagine what getting that update would have felt like? Out of nowhere, being forced to figure out what you were going to do with your final minutes. There was one story that I loved of a dad who had two sons that lived in different parts of the city. And so he had to make a choice of which one he was going to drive to to spend his final minutes with. And I don't know about you all, but I cannot imagine what that next holiday is going to be like. (laughs) I think that kid that didn't get chosen might have a thing or two to say. But for 38 minutes, the people of Hawaii had to choose what was important and what was urgent. There were multiple reports of hotel workers that continued to answer phones and continue to take calls for those 38 minutes. And I think that that, they now deserve a raise, but I don't think they were picking the important. I think that they were dealing with the urgent. They were still stuck on their to-do list and their checklist of things they had to do to be able to go home. Instead, it's the stories of the people who drove to see loved ones or who went to gravesides of significant others, or people who were trying to help others find shelter, those are the people that I think were choosing the important. And when I was thinking about this idea of important versus urgent, one of the scriptures that stuck out to me was Luke 10, 38 to 42. It's a story of Mary and Martha, and to set the stage a little bit, Jesus has now turned his attention toward Jerusalem. He's now turned towards the cross, and he's begun his journey there. And on this journey, he stops, and he has conversations with multiple people. Um, And one of the places that he decides to stop is the home of two sisters, Mary and Martha. And the story goes like this. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet. And listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all of the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. 
Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken from her. Now, Jesus sort of has this nice guy reputation because I believe that's ultimately what his ideology was. But he can sort of be kind of a jerk at times. In this story, for example, here he is randomly stopping at someone's house with no warning. And the host is probably frantically running about cleaning things, straightening things, probably trying to get dinner ready or now prepping a guest room for her unexpected guest. And she asks her sister to help clean, and her sister doesn't listen. So she starts to plea with Jesus to get some help. And Jesus is just like, nah, what you're doing doesn't matter. Not a very good way to start your visit, Jesus. But I do think that this story tells us something meaningful. Jesus is right there in Martha's home. And instead of sitting in the moment with Jesus, she kept busy doing everyday things. And that made me wonder, how many times are we so distracted that we miss the very presence of Jesus right in front of us? How many times have we been so preoccupied by the urgency of a day that we miss what's really important? I know one of those moments for me that it became evident was one of my summers working passport camps. That particular summer, I was a mission site leader. And every day, for about four or five hours, we would take a group of youth to do different service projects. About the second week of us doing this, we started partnering with an elderly lady who needed her house painted. Me, along with 30 little minions, every day would go to her house and paint the interior of her house. It took us about five days to finish the interior. And as we were finishing, she came up and asked if we could come back the next day and do the outside of her house. And so we agreed. And then we came back and did that, and then she asked if we could come back and do some landscaping. So we did that. And after we um, did this, we kept doing the same thing over and over. We would do a task, finish a task, and then she would ask us to come do a different task. When she finally ran out of things for us to do, she gathered all of us together. She proceeded to tell us a story about how her husband had died in that house. Her daughter had come to live with her. But she had passed away of a heart attack. And so she was all alone, and she had been for years. The city was now threatening to take her house away because it was not being upkept properly. And there was nothing that she could do about it. She didn't have the strength to do it herself, and she didn't have the money to pay someone to do it. But she couldn't bear losing that house. And she was giving us thanks for finally coming back and putting some life into her house. For upkeeping it so she wouldn't have to leave it. She thanked us, but she said the thing that she was most thankful for was the random points throughout the day when we would stop and have a conversation with her. She said that it had been over a year since somebody actually took the time to talk to her. And in that moment, part of my philosophy on missions changed. I realized that her checklist was very urgent because she needed all of those things done for her. But the important thing was simply pausing and taking time with her. I realized that we could have easily rushed through her projects and never once actually stopped to talk to her. And we would have missed the opportunity to truly serve her. It took us slowing down and being present in the moment to give her what she actually needed. 
So to begin this process of living in the moment and choosing the important over the urgent, we have to start by identifying what is important to us. Maybe it's our family. Maybe specifically it's our kids. Or maybe it's something else. Then we have to identify what isn't important. What do we spend our time doing? Do we waste our time watching Netflix? Do we care about menial things? Think back to your week this week. Did you really get to what was important in life? Or did you let the urgent creep up so much that you never made it to it? I know for me, coming second to my wife, one of the things that's most important to me is our youth here at Middletown. I try my best to prioritize them as much as I can. You can often find me at soccer games or at school plays or sitting at a fine dining establishment down the street like Cane's with one or multiple of our youth. And I do this because I think that's what's important in youth ministry. Oftentimes when I'm here at church, all of the urgent gets in the way. Even on Sundays, there's a program to be run. You have to make sure communion bread's downstairs or that the band showed up. Even on Sunday nights where it's supposed to be more relaxing, you have to make sure small group leaders are there and that they know what they're doing. You have to have a game prepped and be ready to lead. And if the checklist was all that I focused on, I would miss what actually matters, the relationships formed. I can't tell you one thing that we talked about in high school youth group when I was a student, but I do remember all of the times that Tamara Brown prioritized me in her life, the times that she made me important to her, or the times that Wally would leave work to come open the church gym and play basketball with us. That's what was important. So what is it for you? What's important in your life that you need to start prioritizing? What do you need to do so you don't get lost in the day-to-day like Martha did? When I was thinking about this story of Mary and Martha and this idea of important over the urgent, I thought about the movie Jumanji, because why not? In Jumanji, these four high school kids get sucked into a video game, and they have to play as the person that they become before they can return home. And when they first fall from the sky, they notice these three little tattoos on their arm of these three lines. And they discuss it for a minute, trying to figure out what it is. But then they brush it off. Fairly quickly into the game, one of the players gets eaten by a hippo. And then that character responds by falling back into the game. But this time, they only have two tattooed lines on their arm. They then come to realize that they aren't simply tattoos. They're the amount of lives they have in the game that they're playing. And toward the end of the movie, they're reflecting on how they wasted so many of their lives by doing dumb things. One of the characters says that when we get home, we don't have three bars. We only have one. And we have to make the most of that one bar. So I wonder how often do we get caught living like we have multiple bars of life. That we can waste away the first two because we still have extras bottled up. I think that every time we don't take advantage of our life, every time we allow the urgent to take priority over the important, every time we choose to keep ourselves busy, we're wasting that one life. Let's think back to our story of Mary and Martha. Where are we overlooking Jesus in our lives? Where in our lives are we so busy that we aren't noticing the presence of God is right in front of us? How many times do we rush past people and rush past experiences and don't even take the time to see if that was Jesus working in our life? In the story, Mary took the posture of a disciple by sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
She didn't do this because the couch was full or because there weren't enough chairs. She did it because that's what you did when you were in the presence of a teacher. So where can we take the posture of a disciple? What does that look like for you? For me, it looks like serving others. It looks like spending time with our youth. But for you, it may look different. But Jesus is all around us in the presence every day. We have to be the ones to decide if we're going to look for him. If we're going to choose to notice and be present in the important things, or if we're going to get caught up in the urgent that may make us miss Jesus altogether. In Mary Oliver's famous poem, she wrote, Tell me, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? My challenge today is that we identify what is important. We live in the moment. We take advantage of that one bar, and we notice the presence of Jesus around us.